This is Grace Lynn Keller with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, and I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Todd Schaefer, who is the president and CEO of the West Region of Sanford Health. So as we get into this podcast here, Dr. Schaefer, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and your role at Sanford? First, a little bit about Sanford Health. Uh, Sanford Health is the largest rural healthcare system in the United States. Uh, we are dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience and providing access to world-class healthcare in America's heartland. Uh, we're headquarters in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and our organization serves more than a million patients, over 250,000 square miles. About two-thirds of our patients live in rural communities. Uh, the vast majority of the counties that we serve in the upper rural Midwest are federally designed I'm sorry, designated provider shortage areas. Uh, Bismarck specifically uh, sits on the western edge of uh, Sanford's enterprise. We serve all the way from eastern Montana to central North Dakota, from the Canadian border in the north down to northern South Dakota. My role at Sanford Health is as president CEO. Uh, not only do I uh, manage our organization in Bismarck. We work together as an enterprise to really leverage uh, our size and our ability and our expertise at taking care of patients in a rural setting. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for that background. Um, and I understand that you spent some time in the military as well. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about what you've learned from your military service and how you've kind of intertwined that into your healthcare career. Absolutely. Um, so as I, um, I've been practicing medicine for about 25 years uh, with Sanford Health, the last seven years in administration. Uh, in addition to that work at Sanford, I am a colonel in the North Dakota Army National Guard, and I also serve as the Army State Surgeon. Uh, with that, um, there's been a lot of leadership training that I have uh, undertook uh, while I've been serving in the military. Uh, as we progress through the officer corps, we have officer basic, and then Captain's Career Course, which are really more of your tactical level and operational level skills that you need to succeed as an officer early on. So as I uh, progress through uh, my career, as well as other officers, you really start to receive that training on what it means to lead large, or large organizations of soldiers. Uh, for example, uh, recently graduated from the United States uh, Army War College. Uh, which is a master's degree in strategic studies. So really looking at problems from a strategic level, looking at those problems that uh, really have uh, the, what we termed wicked problems, which really have no great solution. But how do we break down the problem? How do we figure out ways that we can really tackle that problem, find a solution that works the best uh, for the, the given situation? So, uh, you know, I really knew at a young age I wanted to serve uh, in the military. Uh, after I graduated uh, from a small town in North Dakota, um, I went to my undergraduate and joined the National Guard fresh out of school. Interestingly enough, I drove heavy equipment uh, when, I, when I first uh, came uh, into the military. And then as I got into medical school, then I transitioned over to uh, the medical corps. Uh, with a lot of that as well, um, I've been on four different deployments. Uh, the first two were uh, over to Iraq, uh, where I ser served as a battalion surgeon. Uh, 2004 was the first one of those. Uh, volunteered to use my skills to as a physician at that point in time to really take care of those soldiers that are over there uh, risking their lives every single day uh, to give us the freedoms that we have here in America. 
Uh, second two tours were in Afghanistan, and those were more leadership positions. So uh, troop medical clinics uh, being the officer in charge for those. So really transitioning from, again, that tactical role uh, into leading uh, teams, small teams to larger teams as, as I progressed in my career. Uh, so really what I've learned from all that experience uh, going through formal leadership training, uh, taking care of soldiers in combat and leading teams of soldiers in combat uh, really has developed me into the leader I am today. Uh, one of the things I've learned the most is what we call mission command in the military. Um, really, it's an empowerment tool. Uh, so as, an, uh, as a leader, you really have to enable your team. You know, as a physician, I have a unique skill set and a unique understanding of patient care, but I also have a team that, you know, my chief operating officer uh, who uh, understands the ins and out of operations far greater than, than I could ever do. Uh, our chief financial officer uh, really understands finances to a, a greater extent than, than what uh, I would need to know. So, um, you know, I have a, a basic understanding of all those things. But when you have a team of experts that uh, are working together to really improve what we're able to do as an organization uh, to improve the human condition, you have to enable them to use those skills and not micromanage. So at the end of the day, mission command is, here's the guidance that I'm going to provide to you, and here's what we need to get done, let's get it done. So really just leaving that up to the expertise of the team to deliver on the work that needs to be done in order to achieve the end state that you want to get to. Wow. Well, that's just so inspiring, your whole uh, military career. And thank you so much for your service. Um, you mentioned how you have, have gained so much as a leader from doing the things you've done with the military. I would love for you to kind of expand on maybe some advice that you would have for emerging leaders, whether that's in healthcare or people going into the military or just in other um, different career fields. I feel like you have a lot of wisdom there. I'd love for you to share some. To really answer that question, uh, I think the way I would look at that is I would, you know, when we have a, uh, emerging leaders in our organization or to any of the listeners that are out there, I think I would give the same advice to them that I would give the same advice to myself. Uh, so if I was able to go back 20 years in my career and, and say, what would I tell myself at that time that I know now, the things that you could do better or do different, the one piece of advice that I would give is to uh, just continue to do the things that you're doing regardless of being recognized or not. Um, so there's a lot of things that we do on a daily basis that really people, you know, kind of crave recognition that, you know, that you want rewards. A lot of things that you do, you feel I'm doing things to better our organization, but I also trying to empower myself and put myself into a better position. So, you know, going back, you know, I look back on my career and, and to just expand on that, I look back on my career and there were a lot of things that I did uh, many, many years ago that uh, I, I never really thought twice about it. Um, as an example, I was the assistant state surgeon, which really wasn't even an official title at the time, but I was working very closely with the state surgeon and I was doing a lot of work to help him and his position and make sure that the tasks that needed to get done were accomplished. Uh, over time, um, all the recognition, all the different things that happened went to the state surgeon uh, as that was his position of responsibility. Uh, 
when you when I looked at it and I had people say, hey, you know, you're the one that's doing this work. Why wouldn't you be the one to, to get recognition for that? Never really thought about it like that at the time. But the, the state surgeon at the time was the former CEO, uh, the position that I currently sit in at, at, uh, at this time. So he recognized the work that I did in terms of not a pat on the back, not awards, not anything that I, you know, materially got, but it was that recognition that, hey, you're doing something more to grow the organization, to benefit the organization, not to benefit yourself. So even though it wasn't recognized, quote unquote, recognized at the time, it was something that put a uh, kind of bug in his ear to say, here's somebody that I'm going to look at as a future leader because he's not uh, a selfish, he's very um, self, not self-centered, uh, he gives to the organization. So that led to um, the CEO at the time offering me a job. Uh, actually, when I was deployed, uh, he called me up and said, hey, I've got a position for you when you get back. Um, got into the system here at Sanford, um, and then uh, during that time, can he continued to mentor me, uh, and then got me into administration three years ago, and then six months ago, I was uh, selected for the CEO role. So don't, you know, I think the biggest thing is we we really have to, as leaders, you know, don't underestimate the way that you're making an impact in the lives of others. So it may not seem like you're getting the recognition that you feel you deserve, but trust me when I say that people do recognize those things, it makes you a better leader by you know, being a selfless leader. You're being a servant leader. You're not doing them for yourself. You're doing them for the, the benefit of others and the benefit of the organization. And really at the end of the day, that's what it's all about is servant leadership. And as, especially as you get into you know, a CEO or a president role is that your sole purpose, in my opinion, is to be there to empower your team and make them successful in their roles. Absolutely. I love um, just the quality of retrospection and looking back at your own career and drawing advice from that. That's wonderful. And I think you you do have such wonderful wisdom with all the experiences you've had. So thank you so much for sharing that and your thoughts on servant leadership. Um, my final question for you today is, what are you most focused on and excited about when it comes to the things that you have coming up in your career this year and the projects that you're working on? I would love to hear a little bit about that. Absolutely. It's a great question. You know, uh, there's a lot of focus uh, in healthcare. You know, these are challenging times in healthcare. And when you look at uh, what we're focusing on, it's, it, it, it is a focus in a lot of areas, not specific to healthcare. But I know a lot of my colleagues, as I've uh, visited with them, have had the similar, similar types of, of challenges. I'd say, first and foremost, what we're focused on is really building that stronger workforce to be able to provide care in our rural communities. Uh, and that's really is central to our health system's overarching strategy of continuing um, to provide that care in the rural communities. You know, our, our overarching mission is to become the premier rural health care uh, system in America. And in order to do that, we have to have a, a robust workforce, uh, which is a, a you know, really good challenge because if, as I stated before, you know, the majority uh, of our counties that we live in are federally designated as provider shortage areas. So it, it's a lot more difficult to get um, uh, candidates uh, up to the, uh, to the Midwest, especially North, uh, North and South Dakota, um, Western Minnesota, uh, down into Iowa where, where our footprint is. 
So when we're looking at um, about 20% of our uh, population lives in, in rural areas. So rec recruitment and retention of these healthcare professionals uh, is, is a challenge that we continue to face uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, we're working uh, first and foremost with our uh, higher education partners. Uh, we really engaged uh, a lot of the local universities, a lot of the local colleges in helping them develop programs that not only benefit us, but benefit partners throughout the region as well. Our critical access hospitals that lie within our footprint that are, are really key partners to us to help provide uh, a lot of those services. Um, we, we're working to build that pipeline of not only students that get into the programs, but then those programs and those students that get into the health uh, centers as well. So we're working, we have a, a K through 12 program uh, partnering with elementary schools, with high schools, as well as universities to try to expose as many uh, of these young learners to healthcare and get them interested at a, at, at a young age. Uh, you know, with COVID um, over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of, um, lot of national media surrounding COVID, uh, some positive, some negative, and how do we, we really spark that interest in those young learners to say, you know what, what, what would it look like for you to be uh, in a healthcare uh, field? Additionally, uh, we are um, expanding uh, our scholarship opportunities, working with universities to say, what are those programs that we need to help with our shortages in specific areas? Um, example, nursing, and another example will be respiratory therapy. And then how do we um, then donate our staff's time to help teach in those programs as well, um, really mentor as they come through that. Uh, additionally, uh, Sanford is also, also expanding its graduate medical, medical education programs uh, to really bring that really highly sought after clinical expertise and subspecialties to the uh, upper rural Midwest so patients can have uh, uh, access to that high quality care close to home. That's one thing that we really pride ourselves on is care close to home. So about one third of physicians who are trained here stay with Sanford Health. So by expanding those GME programs, we're able to um, get an increased number of, of learners here in residency programs, and then uh, um, on average about a third will stay um, at, in our local communities, which only benefits the state, uh, you know, with the population the, that we have in North and South Dakota. The more we can keep here, the better on with that. Uh, additionally, you know, we look at workforce and really working with the um, higher education institutes here. We've also had a strategy to hire uh, 700 internationally trained nurses uh, by the end of uh, 2023, which um, comes with a three-year commitment. Uh, and Bismarck, uh, of that number of 700 total for Sanford Health, we have 200 uh, here in Bismarck. Uh, and we actually have uh, some of those starting to uh, enter into our communities and uh, really welcoming them in uh, to uh, our communities uh, with arms wide open, uh, understanding the, the issues we do have to recruit uh, workforce here. So over the last couple of years, uh, additionally, we've, we've faced record patient volumes, uh, really unprecedented workforce challenges, and then also with that, uh, the enduring mental health concerns. Uh, but our, our clinicians, our caregivers have really demonstrated the ability and the resolve to provide that high quality care for all who rely on us uh, for our region. Uh, however, with that, uh, we also want to make sure that, um, you know, as the pandemic has tested our communities, it's also tested our teams. Uh, so the teams have really stepped up 
and have uh, stepped forward to take care of all these patients during these trying times. So we're really working hard at um, looking at um, well-being, looking at resiliency, and making sure that our staff are taken care of as well. Uh, in fact, the uh, American Medical Association recently recognized Stanford Health for their uh, clinician well-being program that we have. Uh, additionally, I think the most exciting thing is if we, as we look forward uh, over the next year, uh, the fact that COVID, there's a pot, this great possibility that COVID is getting more into the endemic state, and we can get back to that taking care of patients in a more normal routine. So instead of of reacting to COVID and 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 just doing everything we can to take care of the acute problem, um, now we're focusing on what are those strategies that we can take uh, to be there uh, for our patients other than COVID? What are those things that we're doing to help with preventative cares, um, mammograms, colon cancer screening, all the different wellness uh, initiatives for our, our communities as well? Um, so I think that there's a lot of things that we're working on that we're not just focused on COVID. I think all the additional well-being and uh, prevention uh, activities that we're putting into place is, is the one thing that I'm the most excited about that we're working on as initiatives here at Sanford Health. Well, Dr. Schaefer, thank you so much for sharing um, your, your things that you're excited about, your career path, your history in the military, just everything um, that you've shared. It's been a very inspiring conversation. So Dr. Todd Schaefer, President and CEO of the Northwest Region of Sanford Health, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you having me and thanks for taking the time to have a chat.